Welcome to My Shitty Podcast, So Shitty It Only Has One T. I'm your host, Adam Copeland. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. And most importantly, thanks for telling a friend. I uh, also want to thank my guest, Lauren, for coming on and talking to us about the magazine, what she does um, in her position, um, and a couple of personal stories as well. Um, I've also included uh, links to the website and the magazine, um, IG, all that good stuff um, in this uh, episode of the show notes. So if you want to check those out, they're there for your leisure. Um, all right. Without further ado, let's let the cat out of the bag. Technical difficulties. Um, is there anything that you don't want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know if I'll know until it happens. Yeah. That's, you can just say like, ah, don't talk about that or that's, we're not going over that right now. Um, that's fine. And also, if you need to go to the restroom, it's just okay. let me know. That's totally fine also. I've got a little pair of scissors that'll edit oh, okay. wherever need be. All right. <clears throat> um, we can get started if you're ready. Sure. Okay. Why don't we start with introducing yourself and telling us who you are and what you do. Okay. Uh, my name is Lauren Tresp, and I'm the publisher and owner and editor-in-chief of the magazine, which is the Santa Fe Contemporary Arts Publication. You're um, like Mother of Dragons with all the titles. <laughs> <laughs> it's really um, it, cool to she, get to say them all. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's awesome. What a power like power yeah. move. Like, um, I'm a couple of things, actually. It's, it's more than one. <laughs> it's not as exciting as it sounds because I'm also like the janitor and the bookkeeper <laughs> and like <laughs> the housekeeper. Like, I do all the things. Yeah, same with the podcast. I'm like, well, I have to go in and re-listen, re-edit, add the music, do the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Mine's yeah. not as glamorous of a title, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, cool. How'd you get into it? Um, what is... So my background's in art and art history. Yes. And I started working in contemporary galleries after grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel the need to say my, my graduate degree is in humanities and uh, medieval art history. So very uh useless <laughs> definitely want to go back to medieval art history because okay. i think that that's really cool it's super cool but super like impractical yeah <laughs> uh for life so i started working in contemporary galleries and if you learn anything in a you know humanities degree it's how to write mm-hmm. so i started writing about contemporary art as well uh, i started writing for this magazine the magazine and one day the publisher took me to lunch and he was like, I want to sell. Not that he was telling me, he wanted me to buy it. Yeah. He was just saying, I want to sell the business and move on. And it just kind of got the wheels turning in my head of what I, what it would be to own a magazine. And yeah. to have like this creative, um, amazing uh, source of content, mm-hmm. to have like total control over that and to... Uh, modernize it and make it digital it wasn't digital at all at that time yeah there was so there was a lot of potential that I saw being um you know untapped and I thought also and pretty much knew also that if no one else had taken it over uh, he was going to just let it go and it would be over like a lot of small businesses that's what happens when the founder is done so um I started thinking about, you know, how, how could I actually make that a reality? Never thought about owning a business yeah. or being a business owner before, especially something that has such an important place in our community. 
and I figured out how to make it happen. And here we are three years later. Cool. And it's uh, been really amazing. Yeah. Were you in journalism in like high school or anything no, like that? No, I really <laughs> wish I had been. <laughs> are there some things that you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That you're finding out now that. I think nothing could have prepared me for this, really. And I think the creative side of it, of like creating content, working with the writers, doing the design. I do I do the design myself now off of a template. We Congrats. Some, yeah. Thanks. We had some professional designers create a template, but I, I get to do that part, which is really fun. Like that whole side of it is like going really great. I'm yeah. really proud of it. And people are really excited about what we're doing on the content. And the side that I never really even imagine what it would be is like how to make it financially add up yeah and how to pay you know our staff and our contributors and the printers every issue it's really a challenge yeah (laughs) it's not the kind of work I thought I was going to be doing Uh, and mostly my job now is about the money cool I mean is that cool (laughs) it is cool at first I think I really had a crisis and I I think my heart broke a little when I realized that yeah like I was so excited to make this creative endeavor happen and Mm -hmm. expand it in all these directions and I still am excited about that but I've hired you know I have this amazing managing editor who's able to corral all of our writers and so she can kind of do that and it's allowed me to take ownership of being the business owner Very cool. and like that was like a really difficult moment when I was like oh I actually have to step out of the creative role yeah but I get to be creative in problem solving how the business works you're like thriving in your department I guess yeah. I was going to touch on that because it's very like right brain is very like an that's the artful side the creative side and then left brain is very like analytical um, I was going to ask you how you like mesh those two, but it sounds like you're, you are in a position where they let you like, let's, let's let righty, let's yeah. let righty brain over here do righty brain stuff. Yeah. Cool. And That's it's, awesome. It's almost easier than trying to do it all. I mean, it's definitely easier than trying to do it all because I think there's so much, there's just so much brain power that goes into the business stuff that yeah. I don't really have anything left to still be writing. <laughs> like, I just don't. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Mentally. Yeah. And physically, I'm sure also. That's funny. And I've always been kind of a mix of those two things. Like I originally, when I went to college, I wanted to be in the film industry and specifically I wanted to be a film editor Yeah, which I find to be interesting. Like I never had any interest in writing uh, scripts. I never had interest in directing, but I really liked the idea of taking someone else's material and editing it. And basically that's what I'm doing now. I'm taking other people's creative work and putting it together and presenting it in a way that people can consume it and learn about it and be inspired by it. That's great. You're yeah. like a woodworker. You're like, uh, you guys assemble it and then I'll, I'll sand it down and, uh, I'll make it pretty. I'll, I'll put yeah. the and then I'll sell in. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Are you guys selling any like print that you have to be right? Like the, so, cause it's print and digital. I'm just curious who's, sorry, I, my eyes are watering. That's okay. Yeah. It's all good. No one sees it, but me. Um, so so, For me, per oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say. So <laughs> what, our sales are advertising sales. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, speaking personally, you know, we get the Kindles now. Um, you can 
get like free downloads on Amazon and your iPad and so on and so forth. Um, but for me, I, I guess I'm an old soul. I like that visceral feeling of like turning a page, holding a book in my hand. So I would be like the person purchasing a physical like magazine yeah. as opposed to like reading online. And, but yeah, I think we have a, something just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think the AC, these headphones pick up a lot of like oh. teeny tiny little things. And I think the AC went out. Okay. We could probably hear it, but I don't think the mics could hear it. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I also, I was like, does, are we good? Or oh, we're still on. We're, we're still good. We're good. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm a print person for sure. Yeah. And if I really want to comprehend something that I found online, I actually print it out yeah. to read it. Because <laughs> yeah. otherwise, it's like in one ear and out the other. Oh, thank you, Lauren. Yeah. yeah, I do that. I feel a little like weird for using printer paper and toner and like printing something, a recipe out and holding it in my hand as opposed to like, mm-hmm. I'll just pull it up on my iPad when I'm cooking later. I mean, it sounds nice to have be in a paperless world yeah. but there's actually studies that show that uh comprehension is higher on print really yeah and i think it's because it has tactility to it mm-hmm. so that you can actually tie information back to a place in the world yeah rather than something in the ethers yeah even though that place is on a piece of paper totally support that yeah without a doubt i even like write little notes like okay totally. put a little, i'll draw a carrot over here so i remember like, and i underline things underline and you know like if you're looking for something in a book that you read yeah you probably know about where in the book it was yeah like yeah. thickness wise maybe not the exact page but you at least remember its physical presence. There's a millennial listening out there that's their heads exploding. Like, you can do all this on an iPad. I you know. can do all this. <laughs> this is doable. You're wasting paper. Um, I know. <laughs> who are you guys reaching with the magazine? Is it just like people interested in art? Is it just galleries? Is it, uh, do you know your audience very well? It's a little difficult to track with the print because the print issue is free on the streets. It's all over, you know, Northern New Mexico. Um, it's hard to know exactly who's picking it up. We do survey them. And the last survey we found, you know, it's generally a little bit older audience of people like forties and up because that is like the print holdout. (laughs) Um, it's also like, the people who are traveling here frequently to look at art are, tend to be in that age range. Yeah, because we're so. in a pretty big touristy city. Like yeah. People come to Santa Fe for art uh, a lot of times. Um, and then you also have like the, the desert-dwelling hippies that are like, I came here to find myself, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, primarily I think it's, yeah, the, yeah. the demographic that you just described. Um, and they're interested in, I think our readers in particular are interested in a little bit more of a progressive image of contemporary art here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a very traditional um, stereotype yes. of what Southwestern art looks like. And so I think when people come across our magazine, it's a little bit more exciting because it's not catering to that stereotype. Oh, and can I give you a slow clap for the new... Oh, yeah. uh, the new, um, <laughs> Uh, cover of the magazine oh thank you that's great did you was was you your finger in the pot of oh of, yeah uh, nice work <laughs> yeah. yeah it was very progressive i was like that's rad that's a that's a cool thing to to have on the uh, on the front do you mind describing it yeah so it's a it's a photograph it's mm-hmm. a portrait of uh it's called god ezra so it's a it's a photograph by an artist who's actually doing his mfa down at unm yeah. right now and he is originally from guatemala city so a lot of his work deals with queer identity in 
Guatemala, which is very Catholic, highly Catholic, and it's a place that's very actually dangerous to be uh, queer. Yeah. Um, so a lot of his work is dealing with imagery around both Catholicism and um, queer identity. Crazy. So, yeah. yeah, it was a pretty, I felt, could be controversial. Are you catching any flack just because the demographic here is... Um, a little bit of the like the baby baby boomer mm-hmm. uh, crowd, um, and not to put them in a, a place of like, oh, you're a baby boomer, you're not very progressive at all. Right, right, right. There's plenty <laughs> of progressive baby boomers out there. I'm just totally. saying, um, with religious imagery, yeah. I think in this corner of the world, mm-hmm. I think there have been instances where it's been contentious. Yeah. Um, that so far we haven't gotten anything. That's I, wonderful. It's actually, I never even thought about it until... <laughs> until so, after it was done. <laughs> someone said something, like, right before we went to print. Like, what do you think is going to happen? I'm like, I don't know. Whatever. We're oh. just doing what we want to do. Yeah. So I'm not going to worry about it. That's always the best. That's my favorite attitude to have. Like, I don't know. I wanted to do it. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Why did you? I don't know. And it's, ama- it's an amazing piece. We're going to have it in the show that's coming out um, of all the artists that are in our current issue. So we, if you want to see it in person, it'll be there. Where's where, when, and where? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so the magazine moved into uh, our own office spaces with a small gallery. Yeah. Attached. So our office is upstairs. There's a gallery downstairs. And the current issue, which is called uh, 12 New Mexico Artists to Know Now, uh, we're going to feature those 12 artists in a show that opens March 1st, uh, 5 to 8, and will be on view through the end of April. And so our space is on West Alameda, kind of past the co-op, past the Barrio Brinery, that little pickle place. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> um, excuse me. Uh, I wanted to talk about, you touched on medieval, um, your, your, your medieval studies. Um, can you tell me about like something really cool that you learned yeah. or like something interesting <laughs> that you were like, that's that's my niche. Like I'm going after that. Like, I would what? love to. So, <laughs> Cause I think it's cool. I don't it's know. It's super if... cool. And I, so I was studying it when I was doing my master's primarily early medieval art yeah. and early Christian studies. Mm-hmm. And I what? think this sort of um, sync, they call it syncretism of uh, religions and folk traditions or pagan traditions, if you will, kind of all merging yeah. throughout the Middle Ages and still, I mean, it's still relevant, those kinds of ideas right now. Um, but the way that images were used to um, moderate different kinds of spiritual practices is really fascinating to me. So in my master's work, I was writing about a healing chapel that was built in the early 8th century, so around 705. It's funny that I still remember that. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> a plus. Yeah. Um, and a, a fresco cy- cycle that decorated a chapel within the church where it was believed that people would incubate. So they would sleep in the chapel, believing that the god or that not the gods, <laughs> or you could say the gods, but the saints painted on the walls would actually come to them in their dreams and heal them. Whoa. And this is tied into other practices. And this is a practice that it, it's a chapel in Rome, but it came from Byzantium. And it's tied to other healing practices, like actually chipping the fresco paint that created these images of saints 
off and creating a tincture and drinking it like medicine. Whoa. So it's like the highly tactile and physical relation to images. Yeah. Um, wherein they're actually embodied by these saints and spirits. That's so And cool. I think it's tied pretty strongly actually to things that I've seen in New Mexico, like Chimayo comes to mind. You totally segue right into like my next question was, was, which was going to be, have you seen any of these practices like in modern times or like, oh, I know about that. That's yeah. actually that. <laughs> it has a very long tradition. Really? And, um, and it gets even more wild if you really get into it. Oh, get, let's get into it. <laughs> I want to get into it. <laughs> let's talk about it. Yeah. Well, they're in the same church and other places. There were also icons and icon painting has many long traditions from, you know, different cultures too, but uh, Byzantine icon painting in this instance, there would be carved nichos into the walls with uh, places to hold scalpels. So they were uh, saints who were surgeons or doctors. And then their utensils, like scalpels, in the painting would be like a doctor's bag or, you know, different things marking their identity as healers. And then these utensils would become holy objects just like um, bones of saints or things like that. So they would also be worshipped. Yeah. In other places in the church, there would also be like gemstones actually attached to the walls decorating um saint imagery and um all all kinds of stuff like that contemporary art doesn't get into at all it's like this whole other thing wherein your life is actually affected by the images that you would see and the objects that you would interact with yeah whereas in contemporary world art is it's a different kind of more abstract um, but not like I, like I, I get into this weird place where I'm like, but they're actually both kind of spiritual practices. 100%. But the yeah. contemporary is divorced from religion. Yeah. It's like a very more, um, it's, it's own religion. Sure. Art itself. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I can totally see that. That, yeah. Um, it almost goes back to like that visceral kind of thing. And then that thing in the ether, it's, it's. One thing is like physical things to worship and um, actual people and bones and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And then there's like, it's not the chair, it's the thought of the chair. <laughs> like it's, right. not the, it's upside down, so you can't sit in it actually. I don't know, whatever the, whatever <laughs> yeah. the case may be. I think there's really strong corollaries, <clears throat> yeah. but with a different flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah without a doubt. Um, do you come from a religious background? Like what piqued your interest where you're like, that's crazy? I don't really. I mean, I grew up Catholic, but very casually. Yeah. Um, and I don't consider myself to be anything now. Sure. Um, pretty quickly grew out of that. <laughs> uh, like in high school. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Uh, I know. <laughs> I feel the same way. I know. I. <clears throat> the cat's already out of the bag, but I'm a huge <laughs> atheist. So. <clears throat> um, um. But it, I think it was really in college that I I took my first medieval art history course. Yeah. And. It just made a huge impact on me learning about how religions formed and shape and change over time and how, you know, there are there is this difference between religious or spiritual principles and how they're enacted through humans. Yeah. I mean, they're both products of humans, but the way cultures treat things and adapt them for purposes that could be great or could be nefarious. I mean, there's so much 
complex history and the history of religion that just that fascinates me. Yeah. But then looking at it through the lens of images and the history of images and how they live and are used and inform or manipulate is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I concur. That's amazing. Um, let's see. We talked about religion. I wanted to talk about um, your... Uh, I read a recent interview um, with you that um, you, you mentioned like one of your favorite installations. Um, I wanted to talk about the, um, uh, it was an island in Japan, the Island of Art in Japan. What's yeah, it, it's what's called the actual Na- name? Naoshima. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say Gesundheit. Thank you. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, can you tell me about it? You're, I, yeah. I, I read it, so I know, but just for the listener's sake, um, do you mind talking sure. about that? It was a really cool. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing place. So it's in su- southern Japan. Mm-hmm. It's sort of an area that isn't uh, visited by tourists, except for now that this island is there. Or rather the island was always there, but now it's been transformed into an arts destination. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> islands. <laughs> islands uh, and stuff, man. Islands and stuff. Yeah, um, so not very heavily trafficked. Yeah. It was a, a f- just like a fishing village and they make salt, <laughs> like they harvest salt yeah. there. So a lot of traditional architecture and small casual place. But this foundation in Japan decided they they wanted to create this sort of mecca for contemporary art. And they worked with uh, Tadeo Ando, the Japanese architect, like very acclaimed international architect, to create uh, these museums and structures and outdoor installations and um, big, like, big names yeah. of people, like James Terrell, Walter De Maria. They have, there's a whole room of Claude Monet's. So very much um, wow. a lot of Western artists, yeah. like very, you know, well-known Western artists, but also Japanese artists as well. See, I didn't know that. Um, I thought it was just all like Japanese artists. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And these incredible buildings. So you can go stay at the museum itself. It is a hotel. So Whoa. we stayed like in the museum you are in like the hallway of the museum <laughs> it's like you're yeah. in it so in the middle of the night you can like walk out and look at a bruce nauman <laughs> whoa <laughs> yeah that's by yourself sick. that's so crazy yeah so it's very special it's very beautiful you're on this sea so you know looking at your hotel room you can see the ocean and then you can look down at the beach and uh, see sculptures. I want to go. It's incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. And you have to, like, you take a train, you take another train, you take a ferry, and then you take a shuttle. Like, you are out there yeah. on this. Ad- it feels like an adventure. How are you going to steal art <laughs> on an island? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're not going anywhere, kiddo. <laughs> uh, drop it if you want to go back. Like, all right, I guess I'll give this back. <laughs> That's funny. Cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah, I wanted you to kind of, I don't know. I thought it was cool just reading things on the yeah. surface, but and I wanted I, to hear so about I, your experience. I wrote about that yeah. and in, in the magazine, and we have a, a series of articles called Field Reports, mm-hmm. where if I'm traveling, I love to do it if I get to travel, or we have writers who are going to various arts destinations. They're able to write about, you know, if you're going to go, spend a couple of days, like what to see, what's the vibe, what... Um, if you're a person who's interested in art, 
are other cool things you could do, like food or a place to stay. Um, so we have a few of those out there, and we hope to do more, including places, other places in New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I was going to ask if you got to, like, ooh, pick me. I want to go to Japan. I want to go to Japan. <laughs> or you're like, I'm going to Japan. If you guys would like, I'd, I'll write about <laughs> Um, I was going anyway, like we did a whole vacation, um, and then we were able to include that um, in the magazine. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to Cancun. Like, all right, Adam, that's, (laughs) let's stop that. It's spring break. Um, yeah, cool. Very cool. I want to talk about salt too. Um, this is salt. (laughs) All right. (laughs) In Japan, you were just saying they primarily make salt there. It's like the creme de la creme of salt. It's something that I I forget about from time to time, but there's so many different salts that are being made. Yeah, there's a lot of different salts. (laughs) Were you exposed to this? Because I just recently found out this information too. Well, Um, I guess we didn't seek it out, but they really like salt there. Big Um, time. And there's so many different, there's like sheets of it. mm -hmm. There's like the little cubes. There's the, there's candy. There's and candy. you're like, this is sweet, but it's salty. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> and I like it? Question mark? <laughs> yeah. We were offered tea at a <clears throat> temple, yeah. um, which is so lovely. There was like this elderly woman just handing out little cups of tea to people as they arrived. Yeah. Um, how Japanese is that? It's like so courteous. <laughs> yeah. But we took a sip and it wasn't really tea. It was like a sea broth with salt. Mm. <laughs> like. Mm, thanks. <laughs> I mean, it was good, but... It's going to set mine down. Where's the restroom? It like, tastes, tastes like the ocean. Yeah. Um, so that that's part of it. And then um, we went out for like a tempura meal, which th- this is so far off topic. That's <laughs> okay. We went out for this like traditional tempura where you sit at the bar, it's you and the chef, and he gives you a scallop. Yeah. And that, you know, you get one scallop. And you're to eat your course. And he tells you which of the salts that you dip it in because there's different kinds of salt sitting on the table. Uh huh. And then when you're finished with your scallop, you get one mushroom that's been tempuraed. <laughs> like he tempuras like when you've finished because it's so fresh. He yeah. wants it like, you know, to burn your mouth basically. Yeah. Um, and then you get, you know, your piece of fish one. <laughs> Japanese cuisine, <laughs> Japanese culture, always fascinating. I love cooking. Um, so like, the freshest fill in the blank it always mm-hmm. astonishes me uh, i had a um a sushi chef on the show and he was talking about like some crazy sushi that he had where <clears throat> the fish was taking its last breath and then you eat it and i was like that's a that's a little too fresh for me <laughs> yeah. but whoa um yeah. i don't know crazy stuff like you just said like tempering yeah. one mushroom so that it's the optimum amount of yes freshness burn your mouthness. It's amazing. Everything they do is like to perfection. Yeah. Like they figure out the best way to make a French pastry Yeah. and then they make it even better. That's right. Yeah. They take the best thing and then they put a Japanese even better on it. It's so crazy. Yeah. You go out for coffee and it's the best coffee you've ever had with a tiny little thing of cream and it's the perfect proportion of cream for your coffee. Yeah, you're like, who and figured the, out my taste? Yeah. How did you know I was going to taste this? It was going to taste amazing to me. <laughs> so I can't wait to go back. Yeah, that's awesome. So much fun. Um, can we talk about the importance of critical writing, critical thinking? Oh, for sure. <laughs> my favorite topic. And then community, of course. Yes. Okay. So the like twin pillars of mm-hmm. the magazine, you just named them. It's like creating community and critical feedback. So uh, where should I start? <laughs> uh, start with um, critical writing, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So 
um, every issue of the magazine. And really, the fa- so the founding publisher started it because he felt that there weren't any resources for critical writing in Santa Fe for such a like burgeoning art community. There wasn't any feedback being given. Yeah. So to me, like there's there's multiple components of a strong arts community and arts market. One, you need artists to create work. Two, you need people to buy it or show it and pay artists. And three, you need people to give the whole system feedback so that it's not just like this navel gazing, you know, echo chamber. Yeah. Uh, so we have artists. Uh huh. It's maybe in question of like how well they're selling and how well they're able to sustain themselves here. But we fill that critical role of being able to give the system feedback. So that means artists. It also means galleries. It also means museums. And being able to think deeply and expand on what these various uh, creators are doing um, is intended always to push the conversation forward. Yeah. So it's never to be like, your art sucks. Go home. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's useless. We don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, we want to say there's something important going on here in this work or in this show. And this is why this was what it's attempted. And how could it be better? Or how did they ex- like actually hit the mark? Yeah. Or maybe where did they fall short? Or um, questions like, well, why did this person get a museum show when this other person is underrecognized yeah. or like asking questions about the decisions that are being made by the people who are, are sort of gatekeepers of culture. Yeah. And being that voice that's always going to speak back. So you're, you're stepping out there <clears throat> for artists and saying, Hey, have you heard of so-and-so? They haven't been featured yet. Look at their art. It's amazing stuff. Yeah. Or, or just like, you know, if there's show after show and this, I, I'm not actually pointing out an instance here. Yeah. If, but if it was show after show of a white male artist, yeah. that's something to look at. Sure. Why are those, who's making that decision and why? And, you know, there's so much diversity here that needs to have a voice as well. Yeah. Um, and also to speak on that, uh, on that topic, I guess, of like, that's a white male artist, mm-hmm. a female artist at um, the Fritz Gallery. Uh, I think I saw that, that, Maybe either you featured, or maybe this was my... I do a lot of stalking in the background before uh-huh. this interview. <laughs> Creeped on your IG page. Um, and maybe it was a piece on your uh, Instagram page as I'm saying it out loud. But it's... Um, oh gosh, I'm not going to do her justice I now. I think it was Doriel. Thank you. Yes, that's yeah. exactly who I have, it was. I took a picture of a painting that she had up. Yes. Yeah. The yes, no, yes, no, yes, yes no, no, yes, no. It's about consent. Wonderful artist. Uh, that lovely piece. That piece blows my mind. Oh, so good. It's and it's so... Good. so simple this is what i love is like it's technically beautiful Mm -hmm. like the rendering of flesh in that painting is gorgeous yes um but it also is a very simple statement on something that i relate to all the time yeah and it's like the yes no yes no thing since you listeners can't see it um (laughs) she's nodding her head and shaking her head at the same time basically and it's like what are the dangers for women of saying yes or no at any given moment. Right. And yeah. that's so powerful. It's yeah. so simple. Yes, it's so simple. Yeah. It's just nude body and a head shaking yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful piece. I just recently saw it. That's why I was like, ah, you like it too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> 
cool. That's really cool. Um, and she's an, a phenomenal artist. I encourage all you listeners to to check her check her work out. Um, uh, let's see. Moving right along. Um, oh, community. Community. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, I, I want to say another thing about criticism. Please, is the that floor is yours. I feel that there is a shift right now in attention that is more regional in nature in the art world because people are sort of leaving New York and leaving these very expensive places because we have the internet. You don't need to be in these art meccas. You can actually make a career out of these smaller regional art markets now. Um, I mean, and that was always true, but it's increasingly true. And I feel like there isn't a venue to tell the story of Santa Fe that is actually by Santa Fe or even by New Mexico because we are covering Albuquerque increasingly and um, Taos we cover. So I feel like the traditional vehicles have been like come for, you know, the howling coyote and what like trying to sell the things that sell financially. Yes. And there is a real lack of being able to tell another story to change the narrative to say there is actually these amazing contemporary artists that are, contributing to an entirely different narrative and have a different story to tell so we also through you know criticism through storytelling try to share that story and try to um, hopefully start to shift those perceptions and be able to reinvigorate the art community here because I feel like for so long it's been beholden to the tourism market and uh, that's sort of been worn out yeah to a certain extent yeah, without a doubt. Um, I wanted to ask how much of your job is <laughs> sitting behind a desk, writing behind a laptop or computer or whatever, and how much is like out there like in the field looking at, or is it a good 50-50? Like what's the, what's the ratio there? Um, I don't get to look at art as much as I'd like. <laughs> yeah. And I used, I used to do the studio visit interviews with artists, and I'd get to actually, you know, go see them and see them face to face and write about their work and ask them great questions and I don't get to do that either anymore (laughs) so that kind of sucks um I guess a lot of my time is at the desk um doing the business stuff it's not even right like I wish it was writing doing the business (laughs) doing the business (laughs) but a lot of my time is in meetings with you know our clients or community members or whomever yeah that we're trying to make connections and make this thing grow and um, try to be the best advocate for sure possible so you know I, the wh- where we're at as a business right now is our mission is to grow community and to be a place that can be a hub for the arts community here the way we've done that for the last 26 years is through a printed magazine but there's all different kinds of ways we can do that. Yeah. So I'm spending a lot of time figuring out what are the other outlets that need to be created to fill these um, gaps. Yeah. In bringing people together and giving them opportunities, um, educating people, and again, being an advocate on a bigger level that's national or even international. Yeah. So those are the ways I'm thinking and working kind of behind the scenes and I'd be a fool to think we can exist on advertising sales forever. Sure. So another part of it is figuring out like how, 
can we, you know, keep this thing going for another 26 years? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, most a, in a very difficult media climate. Yeah. So there's a lot of work happening Gosh. in that way. How do you, do you sleep well at night? No. How do you... <laughs> sleep. What's sleep? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't just like go to bed and like, ah, it's all taken care of. You're like the president. <laughs> But oh God! You never. I mean, you you're kind of the president of the magazine, so I guess yeah. yeah like I don't know. There's yeah. never a a moment where you're like, oh my God! It's never done. You can never close the door and be like, see you tomorrow. No. Bye. It's never done. <laughs> it, that's been really difficult as a business owner. It's like there is always something on the to do list getting yeah. shoved to the bottom. Yes. That's always nagging you, and I think what I what I try to remember is like. It'll be there tomorrow, too. Mm-hmm. So I can take a break because it'll just be there waiting for me. Yeah. Like, that's like a weird just turn of the same phrase of like, there's always something to do, but there's always something to do. So why get too upset about it? Like, you have to take a break, yeah. even in the middle of all of it, which I'm not good at doing by any means, but... I'm working on it. It's fun though, <laughs> right? That's why we do it. Like it's a fun thing. You feel satiated whenever you Oh yeah. get a new issue out or whatever. Um and there's always some great new success like getting the website launched. That was a huge deal. Yeah. And we didn't have a website at all and we've grown that audience from 0 to like 6,000 a month. Yeah. It's not where we want to be yet, but it's only been a year and a half. Sure. So like that's growing and um, you know, reaching a different demographic online and on our social. We're getting more people in their 20s and 30s who are interested in what we're doing. So that feels really gratifying. So there's always successes along the way. Yeah. But we still have, like, a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, is there – do you mind if I turn this on, like, shift the podcast to, like, personal outside of sure. – uh, <laughs> Is there uh, a time when you laugh the hardest at work? When I laughed the hardest. Yeah. Or a good laugh oh, that you had at work. Somebody ever give you like a knee slapper where you're like, oh, that's pretty good. You got me. You got me. I don't know. Okay. I think of some mind. However, I think a lot of the funny things. Well, I don't know if I want to say this on the air. <laughs> a lot of funny things come into my inbox from readers. Oh, really? Like, and these aren't like laugh out loud slap your knee but they, that's okay they crack me up yeah when people are like so how can i buy the cover <laughs> i'm like it doesn't work that way <laughs> like stuff like that comes up we get all kinds of crazy stuff that's um, fun yeah, yeah. that's a, it's not like a, a story like make me laugh now it's just to think of like a quirky yeah. little thing that we're that's how that question's formulated yeah not like the hardest time you've ever laughed but Something funny that happens. Yeah, I gotcha. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I dig it. We have a lot of curious reader interactions. Um, <laughs> and a lot of like, um, well, actually I did with this current cover get somebody who, it wasn't like hateful necessarily of the content, but he was like, this cover is hideous and you can do so much better. Like we get a lot of that, that I'm just like, well, we can't win them all. You're an art (laughs) magazine for God's sakes. (laughs) Oh, the best one was somebody was like, why do you have so much white space? Oh, I just hit the You're okay. That's (laughs) the headphones again. You might be able to hear it a little bit. They're like, why do you have so much white space in your magazine? Why don't you put ads in those spaces? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. What ad should I put in there? Yeah. No. (laughs) 
That's not how it works. Uh, <laughs> we just add add pages. That's so the design funny. is the design. Like yeah. I don't like things I never thought I'd have to explain. Sometimes I have to explain. <laughs> That's uh, funny. Uh, we talked about how like work never ends. Has that ever interfered with like personal relationships, like family, um, romantic? Well, I basically personal. don't have any relationships. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? No, sleep. No, what's no. that? Relationship. What's that? Family. Friends. Friends. Yeah. No, it's very isolating. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know people now tend to say like there's really high rates of depression among entrepreneurs and. Um, you know, anxiety. I've started having panic attacks, if I'm being totally honest, <laughs> yeah. for the first time in my life. It happens, man. It's just unrelenting, the stress <laughs> and anxiety. Yeah. Um, I have amazing friends here. I'm always the one who's like, nope, can't go to that. Yeah. <laughs> like, try me again in a month. Yeah. And maybe I can make it. And they're all really understanding. No one's like, oh, Lauren never shows up. Like, they know what I'm going through. My boyfriend is the most supportive person in the world. Like Wonderful. I can't even believe how supportive he is. Have to have that. <laughs> yeah. And so thank I thank him every day yeah. <laughs> for how understanding yeah. he is. And he's an artist, so he is also in the same world that I'm in. That's crucial. And yeah. we can talk about things in a way that's really helpful cool. for me. That's a good person to have in your corner too of like, hey, what do you think of this yeah. design? Like I'm asking your professional opinion. Um, that's awesome. And he's also an entrepreneur in another way. Like all artists are. They have to be their own advocates. They're, they are problem solving by themselves. 100%. So we can relate on that level. Like we're both doing creative work and we're both responsible for our own outcomes. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm also responsible for salaries. But <laughs> <laughs> a little, A little extra layer of stress yeah. there. <clears throat> um, do you have any ticks or tips or tricks for anybody that wants to maybe start their own magazine um, don't do it <laughs> <laughs> back away no <laughs> tackle another obstacle <laughs> i mean i would just say to think really for a long time about how you're going to pay the bills yeah and like what is the end game <laughs> in terms of your own life like for me like i want to make a certain amount of money like yeah. that is a part of it yeah and um, I have to think really critically about how we're going to grow in order to get there for myself so that it is worth it to be up all night every night. Yeah. <laughs> like it's got to pay off in some way. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, thinking about the end first, yeah. like where do you want it to be? Ooh, that's because a good tip. There is not a big profit margin when you're printing a magazine. And if you're doing it online, it's limited as well because, mm. Digital advertising is like dropping as much as print almost. I mean, it's just getting cheaper and cheaper for everyone. So that's not a great way to fund yourself. Yeah. So I would just think about the financial model and what you want your life to look like. Yeah. Unless it's just a hobby. I mean, if it's a hobby, go for it. And maybe it could turn out like you where it's like you've been doing this for a while for free. Yeah. And now you are able to monetize. Yeah. That's like a, a perfectly organic way to grow it. For sure. Yeah. Um, is there a um, time at work with where there was like a conflict either between coworkers or um, um, somebody that maybe 
you were featuring where you're like, ah, I'm trying to help. Like, I'm on your side. Trust me. Is there anything uh, that comes to mind where you're like, oh, there's this one time we had to have a sit down because... Uh, I think something that's come up a few times mm-hmm. is, and I don't, I'm not going to name anybody. That's fine. Totally <laughs> I don't want to get personal about yeah. it. But it has come up a number of times with a number of different people where we're, f- and it's always someone we're featuring uh-huh. and they feel like they either can or need to shape how they're being featured. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they want to supply their own photograph or they want to check the text like very closely and make correction corrections yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. um and they're they are i guess it's probably like a vulnerability thing where yeah. your your life or your work is being shown to you know 20,000 people or more um and you're like I want to package this the way I want it to be. Yeah. Instead of allowing the writers and the creative team to tell that story. Yeah. So that has come up a few times. And I totally get the the stress and the fear sure. of that because artists tend to be sensitive. <laughs> and their work is very close to them um, in the way that other people's work is not. So yeah. Uh, I think it can be scary, but we've had to kind of be like, all right, you got to step out of this. <laughs> yeah. Let us do the wor- this work. Yeah, we're featuring you. We're going to we're gonna plan your birthday for you, all right? <laughs> you can't just... <laughs> I want a chocolate cake. I want to have eight candles, no more. Uh, <laughs> I want to invite these four people, no one else. Yeah. I all think right. another thing that comes up maybe on the advertising side, like I said, people who are like, oh, how do I buy the cover? Like... They there is it's unclear to some people that the editorial is editorial on the advertising is advertising and yeah. it doesn't get mingled together. <laughs> yeah. So there's been some people who are like, well, if I buy an ad, you know, I get an article, right? Like, no, <laughs> that's not how that works. That's got to be a big misconception. <laughs> Would you say that's probably the biggest that's misconception? That's a big misconception. And I think because there are other publications that do that. Yeah. Um, that contributes to the misconception. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's some education yeah. that has to happen. <laughs> yeah. I imagine so. Um, what's the, the worst part about your job? Is there a time of the day where you're like, Oof, four o'clock, got to do my rounds of, <laughs> yeah, of, I don't know, email responses to the cover? <laughs> um, I mean, the feed, the, there's like some negative feedback. It's not such a big deal anymore. Yeah. No, it doesn't really get to me because there's so much positive feedback that it just kind of um, overshadows the negative. Sure. The worst part for me, I mean, I don't think it's the worst part of my job. I mean, I, I hate running errands. <laughs> that's the worst part of that's your job. Like, that's yeah. like a really basic, like, I hate that's... doing menial tasks. Like, as soon as I can afford an assistant, I am getting an assistant. <laughs> that's Yeah, it doesn't have to be a complex answer. That's yeah. totally, you nailed it. You yeah. knocked it out of the park. It's yeah. And same as at home. Like, I hate having to, like, cook and clean. <laughs> yeah. If I could just have food appear in front of me, that would be so ideal. Like, You're doing never, so much. Yeah. You have to think about those, like, basic things. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing so much <laughs> stuff. That's got to be, that totally makes sense. Like, I don't want to have to do a thing. I don't want to have to go out and buy scotch tape. Yeah. Just have it show up. <laughs> just appear in front of me. 
whatever that app is where you can have people like deliver stuff to you. Yeah. I got to figure out what that is. You got to get that. <laughs> but you just need it to happen on your phone. You don't, you can't yeah. download it yourself. You're too busy. You yeah. can't download it. You can't do the research. You just need it to appear on yes. your in your apps. Just yeah. like plug into my brain. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny how life has shifted so much because I used to really love like eating really healthy and cooking and, and baking and like doing more domestic things and like the bottleneck of priorities now is like that's out the window like so many other things are out the window yeah and it's and every day it's like refiguring out what is a priority because i'll never get through the list so yeah something always has to wait yeah <laughs> it never gets any easier exactly what you said you just got to prioritize like just move that eighth one on the list all the way to the top because yeah. we got to get that done today yeah cool is there a question that you like to do you like the question like what do you what do you do for a living do you like when people ask you that like oh cool i get to tell you about my magazine yeah that's cool i totally like that <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for a living like well take a seat buddy i got a lot to tell you well it's cool to run an art magazine yeah i mean on the outside people are generally like oh tell me more um i'm sure if you had some really boring job that question would suck yeah but it's really fun. And I feel like I'm so kind of, I mean, maybe not even as much as I should be, but I'm so kind of plugged into the art world here that, like, I love to talk about what's going on in the Santa Fe and New Mexico art worlds. Yeah. Um, and be sort of an, an advocate and representative for that. And I have lots of opinions. <laughs> so I like to talk about it. Do your friends and family, like, use you as a tour guide? Like, okay, we're going to be inside. What should we do? Totally. You're like, oh, God, there's... I know of a hundred things. What do you want to do? Yeah. Like I can, I can tell you this is shit and this is good. Yeah. Uh, how about you just start firing things at me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I imagine so. I don't know. I'm, I'm already like, oh, what gallery should I go to? What's who's got the best installation right now? Who yeah. should I go to? What's interesting? Well, it's so but fun when people who aren't really familiar with art. And there's a lot of discomfort with contemporary art for very good reasons. Yeah. Like people are like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Is this good or not? And like, yeah. I love kind of working through that with like family members are really the only ones who kind of come to me with that. And like, well, it's good if you like it. Like that's one place to start. That is a good place to start. And also just basic questions like, well, what do you see? Yeah. And the longer you look, the more you see in our kind of cultural moment. Uh huh people aren't really encouraged to look deeply. It's like, how fast can you swipe yeah. through this? Um, so, you know, tapping into that can be really rewarding when people are like, how do I look at art? Yeah. Well, you start by looking <laughs> for a long time, long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I just had my, my family pass through, um, and my mom had already visited one time, and I took it to a couple of galleries. And she had a few, like, can we go back and see? And I was like, Mom, I want to, like, kiss her. Like, you're, you're in. That's it. That's part of it. She was like, I remember that one piece where you could see, like, underneath the skin, where you could see, like, veins and, oh, and like, wow. um, where this particular model had, like, been wearing pants but took her mm -hmm. pants off to... Um, be painted um, mm -hmm. and they included like the ridges you know like when you wear like oh, tight pants amazing. for a while yeah she was like can I go see that anyways um, you're one of us yeah I was like <laughs> you're in <laughs> yeah I like teared up like oh mom I'm so proud I'm so proud you're an art <laughs> appreciator that's great oh cool um, well that's great we're kind of at the podcast where if we didn't touch on something if there's something like oh I really wish we would have talked about I don't know 
fill in the blank. The floor is yours. Um, if not, you can pass it right back to me and we'll keep, we'll keep trucking. I don't know. Okay. I just get really excited about, um, I, like I was saying before, sort of redefining and telling a new story about art in New Mexico and culture in New Mexico. Yeah. And I think we're at this like crisis moment where like a bunch of galleries have closed and, um, what is going to fill the place? There's a huge opportunity and it might get worse before it gets better because I think, you know, aesthetics are shifting. Um, art experience is shifting like Meow Wolf, experiential art, immersive art, uh, currents, the new media festival. Like there's all these new expectations that viewers have to engage with art. And there's all these questions that haven't been resolved or even probably all asked yet about like what, how is the art, the commercial art market going to, you know, shift and adapt in order to continue to sustain itself and to continue to support artists who are doing progressive things. Yeah. So we're at this really exciting moment and I'm excited to be a part of it and be able to like continually respond to it. That's another beautiful thing about a magazine is like, it's not one and done. It's a conversation that can go on and on and on in every iteration that we publish. Yeah. Whether that's like an ongoing feature or a column or what. Um, so it's a cool medium to be involved with at a cool moment that is very disruptive and we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Um, well, Lauren, I, I hope I'm not springing this on you. You said that you tuned into a podcast before, uh, but we always end the podcast with a poop story. It's just a nice lighthearted way to end the, the oh hence the my shitty podcast thing <laughs> <laughs> well it started like the shittiest part of your day what's the shittiest part of your job and then it evolved into like there, I interviewed a lot of people that are like I love my job there's not one shitty well I hate errands I do hate errands um, that's a shitty part of my job so it kind of evolved into that but there's a lot of people that are like you know I hate this I hate that I hate that and then a lighthearted way to end the story is like all right my brother pooped his dance one time it was crazy like it was he had to go. We locked the car doors. Uh, anyways, so it's just like a, a lighthearted way to, to end the story or oh. end the podcast with a poop story. So poop have story. you ever pooped your pants? Or do you know somebody that got dangerously close? No. But <laughs> okay. I That's not okay. If too not. recently uh-huh. had my cat. This counts. Can I talk about my cat? Yeah. Okay. This counts. My cat had to have a tooth removed. <laughs> Yeah. And so he was put under with anesthetics or whatever. And I guess um, the drugs gave him diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, my cat is very feisty. It does not like to be, like, manipulated too much. Uh-huh. And so I had to, like, put gloves, like, rubber gloves on. <laughs> I like, this whole setup. Because his whole, like, rear end, he had diarrhea. And so I had to, like, give him a bath. And you got fluffy butt in there, too. Yeah. Like, it's not... <laughs> It's not like a streamlined bathroom. Oh my gosh! And I had to like kind of scruff him, you know, to get him to like go limp a little. Yeah. And scrub him with one hand. It was not pretty or fun for either of us. How long did this go on? I think it took like a good forty-five minutes. Oh the poor no. thing! And he was just like, "I'm gonna kill you when this is over." <laughs> did you? Are you left with scars that you have to have some kind at of at least re- emotional scars? <laughs> Both of us, you know, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's great. That's awesome. 
Uh, well, you did great, Lauren. Thank you oh, so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah, I concur. I had a blast myself. Um, play us out, shitty ukulele. Nice work. I was worried about those headphones going like. Oh, I kind of heard it. Kind of went something. In and out. But I think it was okay. I just bought these little cords, so I was like, I gotta try them out, but they're obviously shit.